0: And we're live. Awesome. What's up, guys? Sean Bowen, Full Circle Investment Group and of box.com. We are in here today to follow up with Mr. Jacob McPherson on his first fix and flip, which is actually his personal home, and how we worked with him on the funding side, right? Through the construction side. And then he had some other lending sources on the purchase side. And then go through this thing through a start to finish. And the super good and the super ugly and the ins and outs of what he learned and kind of just an overview of this project, because this is just a really good example of what it's like to be in this business. And for somebody that's with our company and has had a lot of experience in the wholesaling model, was able to jump in from a rehab side and from a personal. So let's uh, have a few questions we have for you and kind of like what they look like, right? So how do you think this went overall? Overall, I think it was
1: a total failure, but we were able to, uh, to pretty much obviously make it successful in the end. So um, there's just a lot of stuff that went wrong, you
0: know, but I mean, that's all part of the learning curve. So what are you going to do? Cool. Okay. Um, What do you think were some of the, the big likes and dislikes that you had during this entire process? So like maybe pick three likes and maybe like three dislikes uh i think likes are mainly just there's really only like one or two
1: of them so um the liking aspect so for me i think the thing that i like most about it is obviously natalie and i got to create our own home from the ground up so that was awesome just in and of itself to be able to to literally go and make something your own um almost from the ground up so not to get like too literal but that's almost what it was um so I think that that's probably the first like the second like was the learning curve that came behind it. Um I mean the project in and of itself I mean it was, you know 6 months long and the amount that I learned about um just almost everything that was involved I mean just in flooring and um how to level out kitchen cabinets and you know how to do small little tiny electrical things and um just like kind of seeing that and being exposed to all of it was really really helpful because now especially on the wholesaling side of the house now when I go in to do home inspections my perception of a house's condition has changed so because now when sellers sit there and they try to say like oh no it's it's not that bad like no I had that inspection or no man like no I I fixed that myself two years ago and it's like oh really what'd you do (laughs) like let's go because I know what it takes now so what'd you do like tell me what it what it involved you know so I think that it cuts down on, it cuts down on the bullshit. Gotcha. So is really what it is. Once you start to experience that stuff for your own and you know what goes into it, then all of a sudden when people are like, ah, it wouldn't even be that much. Right. It's like, no, it will be though. Then it's going to suck. Like, so, <laughs> you know, so okay, I think so. That that's, that's the other like really positive thing that came out of it. But, um, And then just learning, obviously, how to manage a project or lack of management for that matter and what that looks like and and how to obviously make changes in the future moving forward. Um, All of that was uh, it was actually a really good experience. So
0: So owning a home, right? First Mm -hmm. like on it. And then the learning curve that came with what it's like to do this project and the things that popped up that forced you to learn certain things about the construction side of it. Um, How about the the management side of the contractor? What was that like? How did, how did that play out and paperwork wise and timing wise and all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. So, uh, paperwork wise, I cannot, I cannot say it strongly enough how important it is to have paperwork on the front end. Um, I didn't realize the value of having, um, the independent contractor agreement in play until, those things started to come up. And, and we talk about that all the time, right? Because everything is, everything's great on the front end, right? Everybody's positive, everybody's happy, things are going well. Yeah, now we'll we'll worry about that when we get there. Nope, nope, we're going to worry about it on the front end and we're going to have that conversation because when shit does go wrong, because it will go wrong, then people aren't very happy anymore. And that's when everything starts to get brought back to paperwork if you do have it in play. And if you don't, you really open yourself up for, uh, I would say, a much more difficult situation. So um, as far as timing is concerned, um, this one was a little weird because we did a lot of the work on our own. So, But the way that we set up our paperwork, obviously, is the contractors or subcontractors are held to a certain date um, that they actually set for themselves. Um, so having that in play, I think is huge because even this time around, um, I think that my contractor and I were pretty good about uh, being reasonable and going back and forth on a lot of things. Like if I was part of the delay, then obviously I wasn't going to penalize the contractor for that. That one's on me. Right. So, um, a lot of that came back to doing good business and we were fortunate enough to work with a contractor who also does good business. So, um, but I would definitely say that uh, having that paperwork in play is key. Um, I will talk about I will talk about the roofing contractor. I won't name names and so on. So, um, but I did have a roofing contractor who initially um, has worked with other uh, very prominent investors actually in the area, and he said that uh, nobody's ever made him sign an ICA. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, you know, like I just want to make sure that we're both going to do what we said we were going to do. And he's like, well, he's like, of course I'm going to do that because you know, with the guys that I work with, if, if I don't do that, then they don't call you back. I was like, yeah, I totally get it. So this is just for both of us to, you know, to make sure that everything goes smoothly and well. And even after we had that initial conversation, I think he had, he had 21 days to get that, to get that project done. And I didn't hear from him for two weeks. And then I finally started hitting him. And then, cause when he initially told me, he's like, I think the job's going to take about seven days. And I was like, so I finally hit him as we were approaching that 14 day mark. And I was kind of like, hey, man, like, just want to make sure we're still on schedule. We're good to go. Um, just, you know, I, I want to make sure that you don't get into a situation where you start to incur penalties, because that's seriously the last thing that I want. That's not the point. That is never the point of the paperwork. And I think that some people get hung up on that. The point of the paperwork is not to go and penalize people and try to get more money after the fact and, and so on. The point of the paperwork is to keep the project on schedule, because that's ultimately how you lose the most money. So is when you start falling off of schedule, because not only are you losing time, losing money at that point, but you're also losing all the energy and stress and everything that goes into all of that, because now you got to deal with it. So I think that that was was huge, because that was a situation where I had learned after the fact that I had to frame a couple of things better on the front end and and have a better discussion of it on the front end. But because it was my first time, I had a, a slight lack of understanding there. Um, but long story short, so he ended up being uh, very late. And then finally, we got on him, I uh, ended up giving him an extension, as far as the date was concerned, once we finally did talk, because there was some weather and so on. So, you know, we're, you know, try to be, you know, understanding. Um, so he finally got everything done. Um, but one of the one, of I guess, one of the statements in the paperwork basically says that, the contractor will not be paid until final completion and inspection of work and verified that everything is correct and sufficient, right? So there was one gutter, two gutters actually that were leaking. So um, he happened to call me on a Friday and I think it was pretty clear that he was having a rough day, but um, he had basically said like, I need payment. And I was like, well, we have two gutters that are leaking. Like once you come out and and get those squared away, like, I'm perfectly happy to wire the funds to you in the next 24, 48 hours, um, so he came back out, he did that, and, um, it still ended up leaking, I actually felt horrible about it, because at that point, now he's really on me for it, so this went from something that was somewhat civil to, uh, literally almost a fight, like, I felt like I was back in middle school, and I was about to get my ass kicked for my lunch money, kind of, sort of thing, like, no joke, and, um, I mean, it, it, it was bad. It was crazy. The conversation that, that he had with me over the phone was alarming and it was insane. So, and that was all because um, I basically said he wasn't going to get paid until the work was done and the work wasn't done. So, but he obviously didn't share those same feelings and he made that very known. So, um, I mean, the work that he did once the gutters were fixed, as far as the leaks were concerned, was actually really good. Um, but I mean, that's this is a prime example of why paperwork is so important. So if I really wanted to, um, I could have hit him with penalties, right? I could have played that card, I could have been that guy, but again, that wasn't the point is not to hit the contractors with penalties. And you know fortunately on this one, this was our, our own personal home. So um, had it been you know an actual project and had we actually been losing money, yeah, I, I probably would have felt differently about it. but um, that experience in and of itself, made this entire project worth it despite the fact that it wasn't a very good experience it was a hell of learning a learning curve
0: so back to the whole learning curve thing it, it's showing you how to stick to paperwork how to deal with what seems to be or you're explaining like a verbal altercation yeah. right having that known and, and next project being like hey we don't get into verbal altercations yeah. right paperwork goes here if this happens here's a result of it Uh, Again, selective memory doesn't play into these scenarios anymore because paperwork is always done ahead of time when everybody's nice and happy and good to go. Exactly. Good. All right, let's get on to some next ones. Let's say, um, what are some of the things that you would have changed from, let's just say in general on the cost of things, but just do a quick overview of things that you think you would have changed if you could go back to the younger, not younger, but younger in time you and say, hey, I'm not going to do this next time. (laughs)
1: yeah i think a lot of that came down to (laughs) a lot of that comes down to time value of money i think um when i like that's immediately where my head goes as far as material costs and so on i mean um there's changes to be made there right but um knowing the fact that this was our personal house i think natalie and i are both really really over overly happy about the finished product so i don't necessarily feel badly about any additional funds that we may have spent on some nicer materials um, but as far as the contractor services go throughout the course of the project, obviously we had to, um, we had to worry about change orders, right? So, um, cause we took out that portion of the paperwork on the front end, um, to try to be somewhat fair and understanding. So, um, now in those particular cases, I think a couple of things, one, um, I did not get a breakdown as far as labor and material pricing separately from my GC at the beginning of the project. Uh, I think that that is really, really critical because then when change orders start to come up, you can almost start to go back and compare like, well, what hours did they think that they were going to have on the front end versus what they're charging me now? And does that number actually even remotely make sense, right? Just based on time and material. So, cause you can almost start to under, you can almost start to estimate that a little bit as you go and as you get more experience. So that would be one thing. Um, the other thing, going back to the time value of money, um, man, <laughs> Oh my God, the dumpster is the thing that pains me the most on that. I'm so <laughs> pissed about it. Um, yeah, so this is kind of comical. So for anybody who's, who's listening in, they're doing their first rehab and uh, you're thinking about trying to save some bucks, right, by putting in a little extra sweat equity, um, pay the two or $300 that it's going to cost you for a dumpster because the amount of lifting and hauling that I did to the dump was so ridiculous and stupid uh, go back and kick myself in the ass now. Um, so when it comes to that kind of stuff, just know that, especially in our business, chances are that your time is, is more valuable and better spent doing other things that are going to make you money. Because if you can go and focus your time on those things, the amount of money that you're probably going to produce is going to pay for, in this case, would have paid for the dumpster for sure, probably 10 times over. So, um, yeah, so that, th- those would be my
0: initial thoughts as far as funds and and so on. Okay. So let's wrap it up. Let's talk about what do you think your final th- thoughts are on this and what you would recommend, I want to say to yourself or to future people that are listening to this and watching it. Like, what would the Jacob now say to the Jacob doing a deal next for like what this whole project wrapped up to and like what you feel like your final thoughts are on it?
1: I think that for anybody who hasn't done one yet, I would I would actually recommend if you're interested in rehabbing, I would recommend that you do one, but do one with somebody that you trust that has done the process before because the amount that I mean the amount that I learned from you and from John and from Ashley and just everybody that, you know, helped throughout the entire process was unbelievable. I mean it was had I tried to go through that on my own, I can't imagine where this project would have ended up because um, I mean, if you look at it just from a sheer, a budgetary standpoint, and a, uh, a scheduling standpoint, that's why I say the project was a complete failure. Uh, it was a su- success because it's our home, and it turned out great. But if you were running it like an actual project that was going to make you money, we would have failed epically on this one. So and if I didn't have people like you and in, in my general contractor in, in my corner to help me through the tougher situations, it would have been infinitely worse. So the other thing that I would say to that is that if you are going to do a project like this on your own, not only having the right team, but make sure that the numbers really do make sense on the front end. So because in this one, I mean, we're fortunate, right? Um, we got a really, we, we got a killer appraisal on it that was pretty unexpected. Um, I think that that was luck at the end of the day. Um, but outside of that, if you would have looked at it just from sheer numbers standpoint, I think we almost would have broke even on the project. And I think at the beginning of it, we were projecting somewhere along the lines of like a a $20,000, $25,000 gross profit margin on the front end. So um, with the amount of overages that we had, that just wouldn't have been there. So I think that those two things, I think having somebody in your corner that's going to help guide you through the process when stuff goes wrong, because it will, I think that that's really, really key. And then just making sure that the one that you do initially pull the trigger on and, and everyone thereafter, of course, too, right? obviously you want to you want to invest in something that is a good deal but don't play with the numbers on the front end to try to get something work to work uh because that is going to ultimately come back and bite you in the ass it would have on this one if we didn't get as lucky as we did nice all right and the final what's next i'm going to go back to wholesaling for a while <laughs> yeah um, okay. definitely going to stick to the wholesaling side of the house um I think this goes back to a conversation that you and I had had God, probably one of the first conversations that we had a, as one of our first meetings at wholesaling out of the box but. Um, you know it's it's a different it's a different game right rehabbing is a different game it's a different type of suck, so to speak. Um, the wholesaling side of it to me just seems easier, it just seems easier to go in and negotiate contracts and and work with sellers and ultimately let something go um, you know, within like a 45 or a 60 day period as it does to plan an entire rehab project out over six months. Um, sure. I mean the, you know, in theory, the gross profit is there as far as making more money at it, but if you don't know what you're doing and you're struggling through it for the first time, I highly doubt that that's going to be the case. So, um, but no, very much looking forward to going back to it. I will go back to rehabbing eventually, especially after all the lessons that are learned here. Um, a lot of it did come out of it. A lot of good ideas came out of it a lot of changes moving forward, as far as ways that we would improve on managing the project, managing the contractors and making sure that all those relationships stay happy in the process. Uh, A lot of, a lot of really, really great thoughts and ideas came out of that. So um, we will look to do that in the future, but I think we're
0: going to give it a, probably six, six to 12 months before we start diving down that path. Nice. Awesome. So it sounds like overall, you ended up with a great home personally. Um, You learned a lot for systems and processes. And obviously one big thing you constantly hit on in this conversation was paperwork. Yeah. Very, very important for anybody listening to this is if you can hear it in Jacob's voice, much less his physical saying, it is the most important thing to keep your ass out of hot water, but to keep everybody else in line, that is a massive piece. And it sounds like obviously you got to take a swing at it. Didn't work out to where you thought it was, but you learned a lot and realized that you're probably a little bit more comfortable over in the wholesaling side of the the spectrum for a little bit and then get that dialed back in and then maybe jump back into a lighter rehab instead of a full-blown heavy, let's go big.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely not opening up walls and uh, tearing up floors ever again. (laughs)
0: Nice. Awesome. Definitely not. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I think you guys will probably see some videos come out that we'll have up for you on his home. So you'll be able to see some of the befores, the durings and afters. And uh, I actually haven't even seen the home yet. We're going to hopefully be able to see it tomorrow and uh, be able to see what the finished product looks like. So really looking forward to it. But just want to take you, thank you for taking the time to work with us on it. I'm glad you got through it and, and all the trials and tribulations that came. But <laughs> I'm glad that you learned a lot from it. Um, and that you grew from it and didn't look at it as so bad that, you know, it wasn't worth ever doing again That you're just like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, uh, awesome. No. Well, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, as usual guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this, uh, either on the podcast or on, um, YouTube, wherever it is, leave us a comment, let us know what you thought. And, uh, we'll talk to you on the next one later. Thanks guys.
1: Hey, everyone, it's Ashley with Wholesaling Out of the Box. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We've got a lot more content coming for you on your podcatcher of choice, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you would be willing to write a review if you have the time today for us down on whatever wherever you're listening to this because reviews help us so much to get in front of more people. And it lets us see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you're interested in, things like that. So give us any kind of feedback. Sean and I are always saying we like all feedback, all uh, constructive criticisms so that we can get better, so that we can give you the content that you're looking for. So if you could leave us a review, that would be magical. And that's, that's it. Thanks for listening.